Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin, and you are listening to part two of my conversation with Grant Baldwin. Grant is an amazing speaker and has been for many years. He's the author of The Successful Speaker. He is the host of the Speaker Lab podcast. He's an amazing entrepreneur. He's doing so many great things out there, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of our conversation. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the show. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines, about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. That's something I emphasize quite a bit here on the podcast. And folks, it's worth reemphasizing how important it is to make sure that you're getting the coaching you need. Now, most entrepreneurs that I know, Grant, have actually more than one coach. They have coaches in a lot of different areas in mm -hmm. life. So those are all important. That's investing back in yourselves, folks. That is really, really important because if you're not doing that, you're not going to have as much to give. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, an empty cup has no water to give. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. You have to constantly find ways to fill your cup up because you guys know this, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, your cup is always going to get poured out. I mean, all the time. And you've got to fill it back up. Mm -hmm. But also improving your skill sets. That also is really important. And I love the example that you gave, Grant, about masterminds and how important those are. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in several over the years. And each one of them has been unique, has been different. And I've learned from every single person I've been around. Uh, one of the approaches that I take to learning now, Grant, that why it took me so many decades to learn this, I don't know, but I finally got a hold of it, and that's this. I can learn from every person I meet. I don't always learn what to do. Many times I learn what not to do, sure. which is every bit as valuable and sometimes more valuable than knowing what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's um, conversations. Um, people that you meet, people that you interact with, there's always opportunities to be learning. And so, uh, you know, having, um, I heard it described one time as like just having your radar up and and mm. looking for opportunities to learn or looking for opportunities to to grow. Uh, but just having that radar of uh, anticipation of whoever I'm going to meet, whatever conversations I'm going to have, whatever, maybe it's going to be a different lesson than I was anticipating to learn, but being receptive to, to learn uh, whatever from whomever. Sure. Now, as I mentioned, the vast majority of our audience are entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or people who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, their number one business is not now, nor probably likely is going to be speaking. Mm -hmm. However, there are many that I have talked to and that reach out to me with some frequency. It's like, hey, John, this is something I think I could be good at. But as just a way to to talk about what I do, yeah, uh, as a way to yes, another revenue stream. But that's not even the first thought in their minds. Not even as a revenue stream, but as a way to reach out or even to give back to the industry that's been so good to them. Yep. So 
What would you say to that person who really doesn't have a lot of like formal training or anything when it comes to speaking, maybe has a little bit of an ability, but really has the desire to do that? How would someone like you, Grant, be able to help someone like I just described? Yeah, let me give an example. There's a client that I was working with recently, and she uh, she lives in South Florida, and she works primarily in the identity theft protection uh, space. And oh, she does okay. this with like high net worth clients. And so she works with a lot mm. of family offices, high net worth individuals, um, and works with with a lot of their clients. And so she, um, uh, a client to her will oftentimes stay with her for most of their life. And so it's oftentimes mm. worth tens of thousands of dollars in, in lifetime value. And so she was doing some speaking and she was primarily focused on, you know, I go speak and, you know, what's the amount of, of money that I can get for that gig? And most of the time it was smaller, 500 bucks or a thousand or a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And we talked about like, how do you shift to uh, less about what you're getting from that gig and more about being at the types of events to attract the, attract the kind of clients that, that you want to have. And so oh. she mentioned that she, uh, she, she came back to me and she said, Hey, I, I took some of that advice. Uh, I spoke at this event recently. I was paid $1,000, um, but I picked up several clients out of that by having kind of that change in mindset. And she said that one event was worth well over $100,000 in lifetime value for me with the clients that I, I generated from that. In addition, she said, I, I got, if I remember correctly, it was like one or two invites to other events um, of similar type nature. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those things that like on the surface, she wouldn't say that like, hey, my primary business is as a speaker. However, what she would say is speaking is one of the best business development or best lead gen sources for me in, in my business, what it is that I'm doing. So yeah, even for someone who's watching, listening, going like, I don't know that I consider myself a speaker. I, I'm not at all, um, you know, I'm, I'm biased being in the speaking industry, but I'm not at all the one to say like, hey, everyone has to be a full-time speaker. There's plenty of people who are like, no, no, like speaking may not be a fit for you and that's totally fine. But like I touched on earlier, I'd also say that in order to be a speaker, you don't necessarily have to do 50, 75, 100, 200 dates a year. If you say, hey, I got a good thing going, but I wouldn't mind doing five or 10 a year, and I'm just having trouble figuring out, you know, how do I find five and what do I speak about? And again, how does that work? How do I incorporate that into my business? Then, yeah, that's a, a big thing that we do inside the speaker lab and certainly something we can help with. Okay. Well, let's dig a little deeper into the speaker lab. This is a good opportunity to do that. So tell us more about what the speaker lab is and how you benefit your clients. Yeah. So we, uh, Again, we have a lot of speakers who come to us at all different kinds of stages of their career. And so some who say, hey, I've done some speaking, I'd love to do more, uh, just trying to figure out what's next. Maybe for some, they've been doing a lot of it um, and are going like, okay, it's become a real business now. And I'm trying to figure out how to get more gigs or high, higher paying gigs or better quality gigs. Um, and some that are, again, they're just brand new going like, I don't even know what I would speak about. I don't even know who I'd speak to. I don't know who would hire me, but I just love speaking. And so point me in the right direction. So really like all different facets of the speaking business or the speakers that we we work with there. And so, yeah, if you're someone who's going like, I don't know what I'd speak about or who I speak to, we can help you kind of craft that message and help you get clear on the different industry uh, opportunities that exist. Um, we can help you with your marketing assets, your marketing materials, your website, your demo video, uh, a couple mm -hmm. of our different programs. We actually create those for you. So we just take care of those for you. Uh, some of our different programs, we will find speaking leads for you and just and give you email scripts and templates and say, hey, this is who you need to contact and this is what you need to say. So if you know how to paint by numbers, then like you, you can follow these instructions. Um, but we also do a lot of a mix of, of group coaching and one-on-one coaching where we are um, we are in the trenches with you, kind of helping provide guidance and support, both from a, a practical standpoint, but also just from a mentality standpoint. Like, there, you know, being a speaker is no different than any other type of uh, entrepreneurial endeavor in that 
it's challenging. It's difficult. Like we, mm-hmm. we don't, um, you know, hold back on that and just saying like, no, you can actually, you can absolutely do this, but it is, it is difficult and does require work and effort just because again, you sign up for a program or you listen to the podcast, you read the book, like doesn't do anything for you. Like you got to put in the work. So, um, yeah, if, if you're someone who feels like you have a message or you think like you might have a message or you just want to do more speaking, would like to get paid for it and get paid to make an impact and an income, then that, this is definitely something that, that we can help with. Sure. Now, would you say that this, and folks, I'm holding up Jeff's book or Jeff Grant's book here. Uh, I had a different friend, Jeff, on the mind there. Well, Jeff, uh, except- Jeff co-wrote the book with me, Jeff Goins. As a, uh, that would be why I'm covering up yeah. his name at the bottom. Sorry. There you go. Jeff See, Goins. you got it. You're on the right track. All right. So the successful speaker. Would you say that's a good starting point for folks? It's like, if I want to learn more about Grant and what he's all about, start with the book and just kind of progress forward. Yeah, the book is a great resource. You know, we um, we took uh, a lot of the the training and material that we do in our coaching program. So we, it's in the book there. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, you know, so uh, all of our coaching programs, they're six month commitments. They you know, are, are not insignificant financial uh, investments. Um, but you can also do a book and that's totally fun. You can also listen to the podcast. We've got almost 500 podcast episodes in the Speaker Lab nice. podcast. And so there's a lot of material there um, that you can take, you can implement and apply uh, and see results from. And folks, by the way, it is a fantastic podcast. I listen to it with frequency. There's so many good things on there that Grant shares. And, you know, I'm all in favor of the investment in yourselves and getting better, no matter what it is that you're doing. It is going to have to cost you something. At least with the book, it's a minimal amount. And with the podcast, it's an investment of your time, which is your most precious resource. Even though you think it's free, it's actually not. Mm-hmm. So just think that. What, the things you say yes to, that means you got to say no to other things in order to do that. So keep that in mind. I'll give you a quick example. There's a, uh, Please. an episode we did. It's been maybe a year or two back. I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Um, oh, oh, uh, Wolf Millstone. Okay. Just look up the Speak Aloud podcast, Wolf Millstone, which is an amazing name just on its own. So this is mm-hmm. a guy that during the pandemic, um, he said, I think I want to be a speaker. So he Googled, you know, how do you become a speaker or something like that? He comes across our podcast. He said, I downloaded, I listened to every single episode and I just did what you said. And within a year, he made over six figures from speaking, quit his job and is now a full-time speaker. As far wow. as I know, he didn't, I don't know if he bought the book. I know, I don't think he bought any of our programs. He just listened to a lot of, of free podcasts, did what we talked about and like changed his life. And so, yeah, I'm not at all like, hey, you have to spend a dime with us. Uh, the, the ultimate goal is like, we want to help you get results in, in your speaking mm-hmm. business and pursuing that speaking dream. And so if the podcast is a great medium for you um, and what it is that you're looking for, great. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you want more handholding and support um, that we can provide through our coaching programs and through some of our done with you, done for you type programs, and th- those are there as well. Those are fantastic. and I. I've been one who's experienced some of that, and those have been very helpful to me, folks. So I'm not just talking about Grant and the things that he's doing in kind of this ethereal, out there, sounds like a good idea kind of way. I have partaken of those, and they've been very, very helpful for me. So I hope that for those of you who are considering going into speaking, or for those who are speakers who want to up your game, I can't think of a better way for you to up your game than to get into the speaker lab and to work with Grant and his folks there because it'll change your speaking business. I have no doubt about that. Hmm. So the the book, you told us what it was about. I I wanna share something with you, Grant, that has been shared with me uh, for many years. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are out there who 
Some are professional speakers. That's all they do. I have other friends that it's some of what they do, but not yeah. everything. And every single one of them, 100% told me that as great a business as they were doing with their speaking, the moment they introduced a book as something that they had afterward to be able to share with folks, that their gigs went through the roof as soon as they did that. Did you experience something like that? Um, I would push back on that. Um, okay, I think that please. That can be the case with some speakers. I don't know that that's the case necessarily with all speakers. And um, I think that that a book can be a great resource um, as a tool of, of credibility and um, kind of taking a deeper uh, relationship and going deeper with it. What uh, a mistake that I see a lot of times speakers will make, though, is going, OK, I'm a speaker. I've heard that I need to do a book. And so they just kind of like rush out a book just to rush out a book. And it becomes like this glorified, you know, brochure or pamphlet or looks like something that they whipped up in a weekend. And so a book can be a great resource if you put the time and energy into making it a great book. You know, the, the reason that books, um, certain books sell really, really well or that movies do really, really well or that some form of art does really, really well is because of the energy and effort that's put into it. Like nothing that does well is just something that was just kind of concocted in a weekend and just kind of like microwave, like things uh, I heard someone say one time, like things that are cooked in a crock pot taste better than things that are cooked in a microwave. Because there's just, <laughs> there's just a, a different level of energy and effort that's put into that. So can books be a great asset and tool for speakers? Absolutely, they certainly can. But I do not think that like every speaker is mandatory required to have a book or that should be a, you know, a prerequisite. I also think that on a related note that um, I think books work really, really well as kind of um. Uh, supplements to speaking. And so when someone asks like kind of this chicken egg situation, which comes first speaking or the, or the book, I think actually speaking should come first because the, the, the problem with, with a book is, you know, you, you mentioned you've got a copy of, of the successful speaker, uh, our book, I got the second copy that we've made here. And so uh, when someone writes a book, it's really, really hard to go back and change and edit anything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're a speaker, you get that real-time feedback. When you're presenting a story or a point or whatever it may be, an illustration of some kind, you're getting the real-time feedback of this makes sense or this is confusing or people are with me or people are lost or people are taking notes or they're checking their phone or they're engaged or whatever it may be. And so it, it helps to inform the presentation and makes it better next time you give that. But if someone comes to me and, or if multiple people come to me and say, hey, chapter seven of your book is kind of confusing. It's really hard to go in and change that now. It's not impossible, but it's mm -hmm. difficult to do versus like when I give that speech and each time I give that, uh, it gets better and better and better. And then I take that that speech and I turn it into a book. The book has been kind of um, uh, crowdsourced and workshopped and uh, yeah. it becomes better because of the work that I did as a speaker. Yeah, it's been vetted. So yeah. Totally. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I dig that. Okay. I don't talk to every guest on this podcast about this next subject, but I think it's appropriate. So I'm going to talk to you about it. Uh, we're going to talk in the realm of faith for just a minute. Cool. I think you probably know this about me, Grant, but I happen to be a, a Jesus follower mm -hmm. and I have been. That's not, I don't broadcast that on every show I do, uh, yeah. but for anybody who's listened for any length of time, they know that about me. That's just yeah. who I am. And so I want to ask you this. What impact does your faith have on your business? Yeah, great question. Man. Um, yeah, so I, uh, the way I've always kind of thought about it, I'll, let me go back. Um, when I first started speaking, having been a youth pastor, then I think a lot of times 
I saw people that went from ministry into speaking in churches because that was a world that they were familiar mm. in and something that they kind of positioned themselves as a Christian speaker, so to speak. And I always thought of myself as not necessarily a Christian speaker, but as a speaker who happened to be a Christian. And so it was a big part of my identity and even to this day, you know, of who I am and it shapes decisions that I make. But I, I, um, I am cautious in saying that I am, that we are like a Christian business necessarily, because it's not, we're, we work with people of all different faiths and backgrounds of people that, um, you know, probably um, uh, philosophically and religiously and politically, probably plenty of people I would disagree with, right? Um, but we're not trying to necessarily appeal to, hey, as long as you you can speak on our one worldview and point of view, um, then we will work with you. Um, now, I also like to say within the the company, like we don't just hire Christians, um, but we there there are people of other, um, again, worldviews that work for us uh, within the company um, that I may not necessarily not that I, I would disagree with them in the sense of like that they're morally or ethically wrong, uh, but. I would say that um, uh, whenever it comes to who we are as a company, I think that my personal views actually have like a huge, huge impact on the, what we do as a company and the decisions that we make and kind of the lens that I make decisions through. But um, uh, so I think that that definitely like filters through the day-to-day -day inner workings of the business. But uh, I'm cautious in, in just saying like, hey, we are, you know, exclusively a a a christian company i get that i do how big is your company uh we have about 40 45 people on the team right now nice okay. and so we're a completely virtual company we got people i'm like you mentioned i'm here in the Nashville area i think we have people in 22 states and okay. so yeah we've got a uh, we got people all over the map nice nice okay and of course the your team your company you've got people in all different kinds of fields related to, I mean, they're not people who are necessarily just speakers. I mean, they're people who are who are helping on the speaking lab side of things, and uh, all different. I'm trying to get a feel for what different kind of areas they touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got um, you know operations and marketing and HR and sales, um, and then our our fulfillment, customer success, our, our student success, customer service, um, our coaching team. So yeah, it's just kind of a wide range of of different roles within the company. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So as you know, this podcast is called Relationships and Revenue. And I talk a lot about relationships because, and you, <laughs> believe it or not, you kind of stole my thunder earlier, but that's a good thing. And I'm glad that you did. Uh, I, I truly believe this deep down inside, Grant, and that is this, that if we want to be great in business, it actually starts at home. Yeah. It starts with the relationships we have at home. And if we're not doing those right, our businesses will never be as great as they can be ever. So with that thought in mind, what is it that you're doing to build into or to make better your relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that the more, the healthier that my relationships are at home, the better business leader it makes me. And so, and this is again, true in any type of business. If you look at, um, I'll give an example. I remember a few years ago talking with a, a speaker I knew who had done some speaking for actually, uh, coincidentally, the Kansas City Royals, the baseball oh, team. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he had worked with the team during spring training. And this guy doesn't know anything about, you know, hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball or, <laughs> you know, um, strategy as it relates to uh, baseball. But he he was talking about like, 
what goes on with a baseball player outside of of baseball. And he was talking about mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of times you've got like these young 20 something athletes mm-hmm. who are all of a sudden coming into millions of dollars and you've got everybody and anybody that's ever crossed paths with them trying to get in their pocket and just the, mm-hmm. the challenges of that. And so you're like, you think about just the home pressure that you have, and then you're trying to step into a, um, you know, a stadium with thousands of people watching you and cheering for you or booing you. And you're trying to, you know, focus long enough to hit a curveball. Like that's really, really, really difficult. And so he was <laughs> talking about like, he, he spent a lot of time in spring training and throughout the season working with the team of, of about what was going on off the field and how that impacted them on the field. And that coincidentally, that was the year that they won the, the World Series, which has been mm. well, five, seven, ten years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the impact that that makes. And so I think that that's true for me and for any business owner is that the better my relationships are at home, the better business owner, entrepreneur, le- leader, CEO that I'm going to be with, you know, within the company. And so, you know, I have to, I, it's a huge, huge priority to, to be a good husband. So my wife and I, we do regular dates, mm. spend a, an enormous amount of time together. We do regular trips and vacations together. We got a trip uh, down south coming up in a couple of weeks and to get out mm. and escape the cold here um, <laughs> for our, our anniversary. Um, I am, I am, I know that one of the best ways that I can be a good dad is to be a good husband to my girl's yes. mom. And yes. so making sure that I'm, I'm loving their mom well and treating their mom well. Um, with my girls, spend a lot of time uh, doing individual dates with them and spending mm-hmm. quality time with them. Um, hobbies that we're both into that we we share regularly, letting my girls know how much I love them, how proud of them that that I am. Um, and I think just an overall intentionality about the my interactions with them as individuals, us collectively uh, as a family. So yeah, definitely like a, a big thing we talk about within the company is like um, uh, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. And so um, it is, it's, I want to do a good job as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a leader, and you know, all the, the team members that may be dependent or, or looking to me. Um, but the, my most important roles are definitely being a good hu- husband, being a good father. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I try to emphasize to men all the time for the ones who have kids, it's like, I absolutely want to do anything I can to help you be a great dad, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't help you be the best husband you can be because that is the number one way that you can be the best dad because you're teaching your children what to look for in in a future spouse that's very very helpful and so um well i'll leave it at that i just got some rapid fire questions i just want to throw at you real fast here cool hit me all right uh what's your definition of success uh i think even what we just talked about being mattering uh, living a meaningful life that matters to the people around you uh, and the, the people that you are closest to. Um, I think that's, again, like I've said before, and I know that we both beat this drum a lot that, you know, if we are great um, entrepreneurs or podcasters or whatever the, the professional thing may be, but we drop the ball in the personal areas of life to the people that matter most to us, like we, we've really dropped the ball. So yeah, I want to be successful in the eyes of my, my wife and kids. Okay. What's your top daily habit? Top daily habit. Um, I would say there's a few things I do. One is I, I've tried to be really, really consistent exercising, uh, whether it's taking, um, going for a walk around the neighborhood with the dog, or um, I play a lot of pickleball with some friends, or uh, do some strength training and lift with a, a buddy of mine. Um, so that'd definitely be up there, just get, moving my body, getting exercise. But nothing mm-hmm. is just a, a, a daily practice of, of prayer, uh, uh, reading my Bible. Uh, spending a couple of minutes in the morning and just saying, hey, whatever happens today, God, I, I pray for wisdom and direction and clarity of thought. 
and, and every conversation I have and people I interact with. So um, yeah, those would be a couple of things that are super important to me on a daily basis. Okay. What makes a great leader? Uh, a great leader is someone who like genuinely cares about people and is authentic and is not um, doing something for the sake of a title or for prestige or recognition, but is genuinely interested and in, cares about compassion about the, the people that, that they're leading. Okay. And then uh, before we get to our final four, again, this is the four quick questions. Just tell me first thing pops in your head. If folks are wanting to connect with you or learn more about Speaker Lab and the various things that you're doing, how can they find you? Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Like we mentioned, we got a podcast by the same name, the Speaker Lab Podcast. So uh, lots of content episodes there. So uh, yeah, go check oh, that out. Lots. Oh, a whole bunch. 500 episodes. That's amazing. Yeah, coming up on 500. I think we're at 480 something at the time of yeah. this recording, something like that. I'm coming up to 200, so I'm I'm, I'm cool, getting there, kind of. So that says a lot, though. Like it's easy just to you know podcasting or anything. There's a lot of people that'll start something and stick with it for a hot minute and move on to the next shiny object. But sticking with it, doing 200 episodes is is no small feat. So kudos to you. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All right, final four. Here we go. Why did God create Grant? Uh, to be a good husband and to be a good father. Right. What are you doing? reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Podcasting is probably the main medium that I consume. So, you know, okay. podcasts, um, business-related podcasts, leadership podcasts by um, Craig Rochelle, Andy Stanley, uh, guys like that are, you know, super helpful. Okay. What do you do for fun? Um, I mentioned Pickleball. Um, our family has, oddly enough, gotten super into hockey. And uh, so oh. we really follow the Nashville Predators. I did not grow okay. up around hockey. I've never played hockey. I can't even really ice skate. However, we went to a game last year. The whole family got super into, and so we religiously followed the uh, the Preds. And then a little less than a year ago, I got my pilot's license. It was kind of a bucket list thing. Oh, cool! So, uh, I've really gotten into flying, so that's been super fun. Nice. And what are you most grateful for? Uh, my family, just hands down. Like they're they're, they're definitely in my world. I know we we keep beating that drum and talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not like a broken record, but yeah, my, my wife and my girls that that means everything to me. Last one. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, Grant, I'm looking for a great book to read. Outside of your own book, what books do you typically recommend to people? What's the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, I mean, the first one that just popped in my was one I finished recently, 10X is Easier Than 2X um, by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. Um, so it's a really good one about just thinking bigger and kind of expanding your mind. So that's a really good book. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Grant, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here today. Really appreciate that. You've really invested in us and in me, and I am so grateful for that. So thank you so much. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Right. Thanks to all of you for tuning in today, because again, your most precious resource is your time, and I really appreciate you investing it. So thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.